0: Welcome to the ASHP Official Podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the Therapeutics Thursdays podcast. This podcast provides an opportunity to discuss what's new and ongoing in the world of therapeutics. My name is Christian Kroll, and I'll be your host today for the ASHP Therapeutic Thursdays podcast. With me today is Dr. Joe Halfpap from UW Health in Madison, Wisconsin who specializes in all things emergency medicine. Thank you for joining us today, Joe. Let's start talking about today's topic, which is the utilization of topical hemostatic agents, specifically within the emergency department. Before diving right into topical hemostats, let's first go over some background Mm -hmm. information. Hemostasis is an intricate process that requires a coordinated series of events to form a platelet, fibrin clot. Within hemostasis, there are two main phases that one should consider. The first phase, or the primary phase of hemostasis, happens immediately after damage or disruption to the blood vessel. This response promotes the use of vasoconstriction to slow the blood flow to that area. The reduction in blood flow allows for platelets to create a platelet plug in which some cases might be enough to stop the bleeding. The second phase of hemostasis then involves the stabilization of that platelet plug and the formation of the fibrin clot. Now, topical hemostats are foremost used within the OR and post-surgical settings in the management of intraoperative and post-operative bleeding. However, there are situations and scenarios where topical hemostats can play a role in the emergency department. These topical hemostats, such as gelatin sponges, collagens, fibrin sealants, and thrombin preparations, are used in adjunct to traditional practices such as maintaining pressure on an area to maintain and induce hemostasis. When thinking of the ideal topical hemostatic agent for its use in ED, we should be thinking of first an agent that stops bleeding quickly and reliably. However, we should also be considering the storage of the agent, such as if this agent needs to be kept in the fridge or not. We also need to consider how the hemostat is prepared. Is this something that can be readily made bedside without extensive instruction, or is specific knowledge and training needed to compound the product? Also, does the product have a wide application base where it can be used in a variety of scenarios, or is it limited to just a particular circumstance or injury? Especially in the ED, we would prefer a jack-of-all-trades approach when it comes to our hemostats, based on this wide spectrum of injuries that can be present in ED. Additionally, when looking at topical hemostats, we can compare each of them based on different factors such as coagulation status of the patient, severity of bleeding, size of the wound, accessibility of the bleeding site, and the medical history of the patient. Based on these comparisons, topical hemostats can be separated into categories including mechanical, active, and flowable hemostats, as well as fibrin sealants and caustics. Let's jump right into mechanical hemostatic agents. Joe, would you be able to lead us off?
1: Thanks, Christian. First, I'd like to cover mechanical agents. Mechanical agents provide a matrix or structure for clot formation. They don't contain any active clotting factors in the product. You can kind of think of them as providing a scaffold for which clotting factors can grab onto and start to form a clot so that they don't get whisked away by the flow of the bleed. Most of these agents also absorb some of the liquid in the blood and have the ability to swell to create a tamponade effect that may further help control bleeding. This swelling can, however, limit some of their therapeutic use because you don't necessarily want swelling in small compartments. This is a bigger concern in the OR and surgical cases where you might be using these near blood vessels or nerves that you wouldn't obviously want to obstruct. For our use in the ED, however, this is much less of an issue. These mechanical agents rely on the patient's coagulation system to form a clot. Patients with significant coagulopathies may need additional adjuncts other than just a mechanical agent alone. Often in the ED, these are the agents we are reaching for first, as they're simple to use and often the lowest cost of the topical hemostats. They are also readily available and don't require special preparation. Within the mechanical agents, there are four main types, gelatin-based, cellulose-based, collagen-based, and polysaccharide-based. Let's start with the gelatin-based products. The gelatin-based products are derived from porcine gelatin and come in many forms, including sponges, powders, and compressed or dense sponges. They are considered absorbable, so they can be left in place if needed on the area of bleeding. One main advantage of these products is that they can be combined with active agents like thrombin as well. So the pads or sponges can be soaked in thrombin. Or thrombin solution can be sprayed onto the sponge if there is difficulty with hemostasis and they work together to form a clot. These are typically the lowest cost of the mechanical agents in my experience and the products that we typically keep in RED. Common brand names are gel foam or surgifoam. Now, cellulose, or I should say oxidized cellulose-based products, are also very commonly used. They also come in quite a variety of forms, including a thin and thick gauze, powder, and a couple different kinds of pads with single or multiple layers with a cotton-like consistency. These products also swell and often create a dark gelatinous mass over the area of bleeding. They are also absorbable, but they have a very low pH. And as a result of this, they are not recommended to be used with topical thrombin products as the low pH would inactivate the applied thrombin. The most common brand name of these products is Surgicel. Collagen-based products or microfibrillar collagen are bovine-derived products and available as both a kind of chunky powder and a foam sheet. These products also form a scaffold and they activate platelets, which leads to clotting. They are also an absorbable product. These products differ from the previous two in that they don't swell or they swell very little, which may be desirable in certain situations or applications. These products are recommended to be used dry and they should not be wet with saline or thrombin as it may decrease the activity of the product. The most common branded product of this class is abatine. Finally, polysaccharide or starch-based products are all powdered formulations. They are absorbable but absorb much more quickly than other mechanical products. They dehydrate and gel blood to concentrate clotting factors and form clots and thus should also be used dry. These products also swell up to five times of their original volume. Common brand name products here are Arista, AH, and Perclot. Of these, I've only used the gelatin and cellulose-based products in the ED personally.
0: Thank you, Joe, for the very thorough review of mechanical hemostatic agents. I agree, I really only use the gelatin cellulose-based products in my practice as well. Next, we'll cover active hemostatic agents. Now, active topical agents have biological activity, and directly participate in coagulation by providing thrombin directly to the site in question. This direct application thus promotes clot formation. Compared to the mechanical agents, topical thrombins do not rely on intrinsic clotting pathways, which allows them to maintain activity in the setting of many coagulopathies or patients that are taking anticoagulants or anticoagulants. Compared to mechanical agents, active agents are generally more effective at stopping local bleeding, but come with being more expensive and having a more complicated preparation, such as needing to be thawed or reconstituted. Examples of these agents include bovine thrombin, human pooled thrombin, and recombinant human thrombin. They are all equally effective for local or diffuse bleeding, but since these are protein-based, there is the potential for allergic and potentially anaphylactic events. When administering topical thrombin, It is important that the liquid preparation is not directly placed onto the wound as it can easily be separated from the wound or washed away. To combat this, the thrombin should be applied with an absorbable gelatin matrix or soaked surgical gauze so pressure can be applied With these absorbable gels, as many Joe described, if they are used, they should be moistened with the preparation compared to being drenched with thrombin. Finally, these agents should not be placed intravascularly as they can precipitate systemic thrombus formation. The next category of topical hemostatic agents is those within the flowable category. What do we need to know about those agents, Joe?
1: I think of flowable hemostats as the big guns of the emergency department. Flowable hemostats are agents some of our consult services will often request in the ED. The clinical area I see this used most is by our ENT service for difficult posterior bleeds. This is where I personally see these products used, but they have many other uses in the operating room. These products consist of an animal-derived, gelatin-based, Viscous matrix combined with thrombin. So, you're combining both mechanical and active agents. These products have a thick consistency that you can apply with a blunt tip syringe. One of the main advantages of these products is that they are able to conform to irregular spaces and also can be placed in difficult to reach areas. They also swell and can provide a tamponade effect and can be used in areas with active bleeding. These agents have also been shown to be effective in patients with coagulopathies. The downsides of these agents is that they do require a bit of preparation before they can be used and are typically quite a bit more costly to use than some of the other preparations. The most common available flowable hemostats are Surgiflow and FlowSeal.
0: Thanks, Joe. Jumping to fiber and sealants. These agents are composed of both fibrinogen and pooled drama. Based on their action uh, working at the end of the coagulation cascade, these are ideal products for patients with coagulopathies, especially those that lack high amounts of fibrin or those with anticoagulation on board. These agents include products under the brand name of Effaceal and Vetagel, and many others. Now, these agents are the most expensive of the topical agents and require the most preparation and experience to administer. Because of that, these agents are usually limited to OR, except many institutions. Joe, would you be able to review the caustic agents and the application of Quicklot?
1: So, let's talk about some of the oldies but the goodies, the caustic agents. Some of these have been used for centuries. The two main caustic agents that we use are silver nitrate or ferric subsulfate, which is also known as Monsell's solution. They work by denaturing and coagulating proteins and causing tissue necrosis. This enhances thrombus formation and hemostasis. Silver nitrate is basically a chemical cautery agent. We most commonly use it for treating small areas of bleeding topically or on the skin or most commonly in the nose. It is also commonly used for oozing granulation tissue around wounds or G-tube sites. It can be used wet or dry, but if used wet, it needs to be moistened with sterile water, not saline. Saline is used to stop the chemical action of the silver nitrate and rinse it off the patient. This product will often sting or burn when used, so you may want to try to apply some topical anesthetics prior to using it. Monsell solution, or ferric subsulfate solution, is a very acidic solution that is almost exclusively used by OB to treat cervical bleeding. It causes a similar effect to silver nitrate, but the iron can cause a more permanent staining of tissues which can be cosmetically problematic. Let's switch gears and talk a little bit about a branded name product called Quick Clot. Quick Clot is one of the topical hemostats we keep in our trauma rooms, but is much more commonly used by EMS and the military. Quick Clot is a kaolin impregnated gauze. Kaolin is a procoagulant that activates factor 12 and thus hastens the initiation of clot formation when it comes in contact with blood. This product can be used by EMS or other first responders to manage acute traumatic bleeding for which tourniquet application would not be possible. When using this product, you ideally want to pack the wound tightly with the gauze and then apply significant pressure to the wound to tamponade the bleeding. Since this product may be packed deep into wounds, many of them also contain a radio-opaque strip so that the product can be easily identified on x-ray and removed if it becomes saturated and obscured from view. For those pharmacists that are interested in learning how to manage acute traumatic bleeding in the field, I would really encourage you to consider taking a stop the bleed course or better yet, become a stop the bleed trainer and teach other people or other pharmacists how to save a life. I've found that pharmacy students are really eager learners and have been quite engaged in learning these techniques as well.
0: Thanks, Joe, for reviewing both of those classes of topical hemostats, and also for the plug of Stop the Bleed course. Now, our last class of topical hemostats is an all-too-familiar product within the ED, topical TXA. TXA has been decently studied in epistaxis, such as through the NOPAC trial, and through other situations of bleeding, such as the IV formulation of crash studies, or in situations with dental Now it makes sense to use TXA as a topical hemostat, especially as a local preparation where it can get high concentrations to a local side of bleeding when applied to some gauze and thus limit the systemic absorption of TXA. However, TXA does not have the rapid onset and clot creation ability that our topical thrombin has. So TXA should be limited to those with more minimal bleeds such as dental bleeding or epistaxis. We talked about a lot today and I wanna make sure that we end with the top three points to know and consider about topical hemostats. First, while topical hemostats are widely used in the OR, there are still circumstances where their use is brought into the ED. And having an understanding of these agents can help to provide the best hemostat for that patient in a timely manner. Second, some of our most common agents include the mechanical hemostats and include Surgifoam and Surgicel which swell enacting a mechanical barrier to stop oozing and bleeding. Of these, only gelatin-based products such as surgifoam should be combined with thrombin. And third, there are many nuances of top hemostats, including animal or plant-derived or recombinantly made. Also, application techniques and swelling varies significantly between products, as does the mechanism of action. Having a basic understanding of these agents and discussing preferences with your ED and surgical colleagues will make sure you are using the products effectively for your patients and cost-effectively for your institution. If you haven't before, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's clinical resources on emergency medicine. You can find member-exclusive offerings, such as the recorded emergency pharmacist series, links to articles and guidelines for emergency medicine, and other practice resources. Thanks again for tuning into this session, and join us here every Thursday where we will be talking with an ASHP member on a variety of clinical topics.